Welcome to Kingdom Come with Andrew Nkoyoyo, called to be God's voice, reaching people worldwide with the message of Jesus Christ. Hello and thank you for joining us here again on Kingdom Come. We are excited you are joining us and we are going to continue on the series, The Results of a Surrendered Will. Open with me to 1 John chapter 3, verse 22 through 24. You know, the will of man is our biggest problem, if you really look at it. Because that's where all the choices and the decisions are made. And we talked about how you can actually bring your will under the control of God. So what does it mean to bring your will under the control of God? You have to yield, first of all, your mind, which is the foundation of your will. You have to yield your mind constantly. I mean, I die a thousand times a day because I realize if my mind is not yielded to God, my will is not yielded. So the life of any tree, any farmer will tell you, is in what? Is in the root, right? You cut the root, you have killed the plant. Amen? Your Christian experience is not in your heart. That might surprise you. It's in your will. Because that's where all the decisions are made for you to yield or to, to obey or not to obey. And that's why he says in order for you to be totally surrendered, your mind, which is the foundation, uh, the house for your will has to be surrendered to the control of the Spirit of God. Because when your mind is yielded, your will must be yielded. And then your affections, which is your heart, we have been talking about a pure heart, then they are yielded. And then in Romans 12, it tells us to present. Again, it says, yield your body. So it's not only after your mind and your will, but it's also after your body. Because when you yield your mind, your body, and your will, and your heart, and turn it over to him, then he can begin to do something with you. Amen? So we're going to talk about the last point in, in this series, which is the surrendered will will bring the power in prevailing prayer. Amen? How many of you, you want to prevail with man and with God? Now, some of us, we have prevailed with God. But you see, the apostles, they prevailed both with God and with man. In other words, their prayers were not only moving heaven, they were moving earth. They were influential because they were moving the hearts of men. But you see, their prayers moved the hand of God. You see, fasting doesn't change God or move God. It changes you. But your faith and your prayer move God. You see, your faith and prayer move the hand of God to move in your life. But how can we tap into this power, the unlimited power of Pentecostal experience that shook the earth? I mean, we see those 120 getting out of the upper room and all of a sudden they are going places and they are turning the world upside down. And even to the point that they are saying, the gods have come. That's how they call because of the authority, because their, their prayers were so effective, they were prevailing in every situation. Why? Because they had surrendered their wills to the will of God. 
Because what happened in the upper room, that was a sign of a church that was yielded. A church that was surrendered to God. You see, the, the Bible tells us, or history tells us, that 500 started out. But not all could pay the price of surrender. That's why I call it the one great condition upon which God is going to bless you, upon which God is going to use us. If God is going to change America, He's looking for men and women that will surrender and put themselves at the exposal of the Holy Spirit. That's what it's going to take, beloved. You see, in the upper room, they all started out in obedience to the words of Jesus. Go in the upper room and wait for the Holy Spirit. But when as days went by, some, they were not willing to tarry all the way. Why? Because the mind begins to come and begins to preach to you. That's why it needs to be all the time surrendered to the control because it's wild. Oh, it runs wild. I don't know about you, but mine, I might even be in church and it's going all kinds of places. Thinking about, man, when is he going to finish? Oh, I can go get that steak. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? It has happened to me. Oh, you are so holy. <laughs> But it had happened to me, and it ha happens to all of us. I'm just giving you an example. That's why the mind must be controlled, but you can't control it. I can't, but the Holy Spirit, whom God has given us, can take control of it, but must be surrendered. Now, in the upper room, you have these men that have come in obedience, and that's where really surrender begins. It begins as an act of obedience to God. Okay, they go into the upper room. The first day, the fifth day, the seventh day, the eighth day, the ninth day, nothing is happening. People are going out of the room. 500 started out, 120 received the promise. What a pity. What happened to the 380? Amen. What happened? Just pictures, are you one of the 120 or are you are among the 380? You need to do a little inventory for yourself. Because when God unpacked this to me, I fell on my knees and said, Lord, I'm so... I began to repent because I realized so many times I'm among the 380. I wait a little bit and I pray and fast a little bit. And when it's not happening in my time, I try to find ways to help God out. Am I talking to someone? And God told me the one great condition, forget about the fasting, forget about the prayer for a moment. The one great condition you have to meet, and he told me, you have to bring yourself, not a little something about you, not your ministry, or not your family, your marriage, your finance. He wants you, because when he has your will, your mind, your emotions, your feelings, your thoughts, your, your temple, when he has you, he has everything. Amen? That's why in the upper room, those that waited, they had nothing to lose. They said, Jesus spoke it. We're going to wait until it happens. You see, they have that I don't care attitude. I don't care what it takes. If he said it, it must be true. You see, beloved, if we are going to see a great awakening in America and across the earth, there has to be a people that will stay in the presence of God and wait upon God. 
People who say, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter what's going to cost me. I want to be all that God wants you. You see, beloved, you are not dangerous when you're compromising and complacent and living the life that you want to live on your terms. But you become dangerous when you begin to walk under the yielded spirit. You become to be fierce and dangerous and all of a sudden the devil knows your name. He knows your address. He knows everything because now he's paying attention. Because there is something that you're fixing to do, something that you're fixing to happen, that he doesn't want you to step in. But the moment, that's why every time you say, Lord, not my will but yours be done, it looks like all hell breaks loose. Why? Because he's trying to give it his best shot. He has to try. And I remember when I said, God, not my will, but yours be done. Oh, I remember that day vividly. It's like nothing could go right after that. Nothing. I go home, it's like chaos. I go to the ministry, it's like chaos. Because the enemy is trying to find a little loophole to stop your surrender. And he's going to tell you that you are not good enough. What God is saying. He's going to try to preach you out of your destiny. Out of your purpose. But you see friend. When you bring your will. And you surrender it. To God. He has nothing. Because now everything the enemy has to do. He has to go through Jesus. He has to go through the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Listen to 1 John chapter 3. 22-24. He says, and whatever we ask, we receive from him. Because we keep his commandments. And do the things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is the commandment that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And love one another, just as he has commanded us. And the one who keeps his commandments abides in him. And he in him. And we know by this that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. Did you get some keys over there? There are some keys. He says, we receive whatsoever we ask of him because the reason we keep his commandment. We keep his word. We fulfill the condition. Oh, please put this in your spirit. He says, the, the power to prevailing prayer is being obedient to his, to his word, to what he's asking of you right now. To walking in the truth that you know. You see, when you keep the truth that he's revealing to you right now, and you pursue it with everything that is in you, he's saying you have answers to everything that you ask. Now, that is interesting. And he says, and he, 24, and he that keeps his commandment, abides in him you see the abiding in him has all to do with a surrendered will you can't abide when you have so many things on your plate when you have so many schedules so many things you can't abide you can say lord I, 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 here i am <laughs> but i'm telling you normally it's not going to be five minutes i have read that an average pastor prays for 20 minutes a day we're not going to win the world when an average pastor prays for 20 minutes. I mean, we have to come to that place because it says those that keep his, they abide in him and he abides in them. 
and we know he's abiding with us by the Spirit. So there is a presence, there is a tangible presence, there is something about them. You see, I like Acts chapter 3, verse 12, I believe. He says they knew they were unlearned men, but they, because of the way they carried themselves and acted, they knew that they had been with Christ. Why? There was something different about them than the rest of the others. And they perceived these men were unlearned, but they have been with Christ. Oh, you didn't get it. You need to get that. The unbelievers, those that were looking for people that could be followers of Christ, they said, no, the way they talk, they don't look like they are really schooled men, but they have been with Christ. How did they know that? Because the presence of the Holy Spirit, I believe, there was something about them that was so different from the others. Amen? And I believe that is the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. First John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. And he says, And this is the confidence which we have before him. Again, prevailing prayer. That if we ask anything, now, you can underline anything, according to his will, he hears us. Okay? If we ask anything according to his, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked of him. Wow. But he says we have to pray and ask according to his will. And most of the time, other than the logos, most of the time there are things about the will of God for your life that is not written in the scripture that God has to speak to you that he has to reveal to you so you can pray according to his will but you cannot know his will until your will has stepped aside and his will becomes the center of your of your life that's why jesus said if you want to find your life that's what he meant in matthew 10 39 you have to lose it lose what lose your will and i know it's hard to but because in your will, that's where your choices are made, the decisions are made. He says, if you are going to find your true identity and your true potential and your life in me and your, the life I have to flow through you, you have to lose your will. Amen? So here John says, we know we can have anything. We, as a matter of fact, I know when we ask, we have whatsoever. But if we pray, we ask according to the will. So the, the surrendered will Brings the power, brings the, 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 the fervency, brings that effectiveness in our prayer. And if we want to be men and women that change the earth, then we need to be men who actually prevail both with man and God in prayer. So we need to be men and women of prevailing prayer. Amen? Amen. I, I like what Tori, R.A. Tori, Reuben Arthur Tori, he said this, it is when we make God's will ours that he makes our will his. And then that will, if that happens, then that blends in and really makes sense with Psalm 20, 37 verse 4. He says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Because now your will has become his will. He's taken over and your, his will has become your will. And now, because now his will is your will, 
He gives you the desires of your heart because now there's no conflict. We are walking in the perfect will of God. Isn't that interesting? Oh, beloved, I pray that you really get a hold of this. John chapter 11, verse 22. This is what Jesus said. I know that you always hear me. Remember that verse? Talking to his father. I know you always hear me. But why does the father always hear Jesus? I mean, we are as much his, son, his children, his sons and daughters, as Jesus is or was when he walked on the earth. But listen to this. Hebrew 10, verse 7. Then said I, Lord, I come in the volume of the book that is written of me to do thy will, O God. John 6, verse 38. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Do you know why Jesus could say that I know that you always hear me? The answer is right there. He says, Lord, I have come only to do your will. How many of us would say today that what we desire, our passion and pursuit in life is the will of God? Because if that becomes that, then we are going to prevail with God and with man. Because then the will of God becomes our will and God takes our will. And he can do whatever he wants with it. But now Jesus, oh I'll talk to you about this. This was his why. You ask why Jesus came? He loved us, yes. All the other things. But he came for the will of God. That's why he said, my meat... <laughs> My, John 4 verse 34, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. He says, that's what I eat. That's what I live for. That's what I live on. That's what feeds me and empowers me. You're wondering why I fast and why I go out in the mountains and I fast and pray. Jesus is telling his disciples, what is motivating me is the will of the Father. I am here to do it and to finish it. Beloved, why does the church exist? Why are we here? I'm sorry if I feel like I'm screaming at you, but I'm just so fired up right now. But ask yourself. The world is dying. We are hiding behind stained glasses and windows and, and doing, having ourselves what I call a Holy Ghost picnic. We have our great time and then we go home and we come back. We didn't change anybody. We didn't, nobody knows we exist. Come on. I, I believe that there's something's got to begin to rise up in you. What are you living for? What am I here? You see, I told my wife when we first got married, I said, honey, I left everything this I've got. And you know what? If I... I could have gone and been a businessman or gone to medical school and do I gave that up for the call of God. I'm not going to settle for anything that the fullness of what God wants, not only for me, but He wants, wants through me the glory that He could have. So as we got married, we wrote a marriage mission statement. Oh yes, we signed it. And gave a copy to the pastor that married us. We have a marriage mission statement and a vision statement for the marriage. We are going to serve God. We're not here just to have a nice family, go through all these you know, little things that families do. We have kids, they go to college, and we have grandkids, and 
reunions and white picket fence and whatever they call it. We have to settle that. You know why? And the enemy doesn't. And I'm telling, I challenge you to go home and figure what is the mission statement for your family, for your marriage. Why are you here for your life? You see, you cannot see that and, and, and hear that from heaven until you're willing to put your will aside for the will of God to step in. Oh, I'm fired up now. You see, you want to know why Jesus could die on the cross? It's because of the will of the Father. I mean, John tells us that he even cried and said, Father, the glory you've given me, I have given it up. He, he gave up the glory. Why? Because the motivation was the will of God for mankind. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. And his son had the, the willingness and the surrender enough to say, Father, I will go. Don't think for a moment that Jesus didn't know what he was going to go through when he came on earth. He knew. And he began even to prophesy about himself. He knew why he left heaven because he knew his assignment, his mission. I'm going to die to reconcile man back to God. And that's why he could not and he will not stop at anything until he has fulfilled the will of God. Now in the process, he showed us how to preach and activate the gospel. In miracles, signs and wonders, he taught and he preached and he did all these things. But his focus, all that was to bring, in, to bring him closer to fulfilling the will. Are you seeing it, church? But he had to give up his will, his right to himself before he even left heaven. He had to die. By the way, by the time they took him and nailed him on the cross, he was a dead man. Even at some point he said, why have you forsaken me? Because sometimes when you're pursuing the will of God, you're going to feel like you're forsaken. But it was necessary. <sighs> oh, dear friend, how God wants you and I to live for something for one thing and one thing alone is for the glory that will that Jesus died to fulfill is to bring you and I into this communion, into this fellowship with the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And now in Matthew 28, he said, now I have conquered everything. I give you the same power and authority. Go finish this thing. Are you listening to me, church? Now he says, I want you to go finish what I've started. I, 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 I send you now. Go finish it. So we are not here to have good services, but we are here to be the extension of His will, of His pursuit, of His obedience to the Father. Do you see it? He, the way He obeyed the Father and He surrendered Himself that He could enter uh, into the Holy of Holies by His own blood and, and tear down the curtain and bring all humanity. God says, now I want you to go to all the world and preach this gospel. You see, that's why God is calling you and I to do. Beloved, it doesn't matter. You may not be behind this pulpit, but God has given you an, a sphere of influence. He's given you a place for you to preach the gospel. But we cannot begin to prevail if we are not people that are prevailing in prayer. And we cannot prevail in prayer if we are not surrendered. Because it's the surrendered will that's going to bring the power of God for our effectiveness in prayer. And then prayer really prepares us to do the will of God. That's how I see prayer. 
You see, most of the time, prayer is about our God doing something for us. But prayer is about communion. Prayer is about communion. Somebody say, how, how come you can pray for those, all those hours? You never run out of things. No, as a matter of fact, ask my wife. I don't have enough time for prayer. <laughs> Why? Because there is a communion. There is a, there is a place and intimacy that God wants you and I to enter in. But we only do that when we are surrendered. See this prevailing in prayer. We get to a place where we are prevailing with God and with man. And when we speak, he hears. Why? Because now it's no longer about our will, our ministry. It's about his will and his ministry. It's about him saving souls. Equipping the ecclesia, the embassy, to begin to represent him. In the marketplace. In the seven spheres. Wherever he's put us. You know, there is one man, George Mueller, comes to mind as one of those great giants of faith that prevailed with God and with man through prayer. He set aside, you see, George Mueller ran his orphanages in England and he never asked a dime. But he believed that through prayer and through faith, God will supply. That is a man that prevailed with God and with man. To the point that God will speak to people. I mean, there are stories upon stories. To feed those orphans. When they needed bread, it was there. When they needed milk, it was there. When they needed money, it was there. Why? Because he knew the power, I believe, of absolute surrender. He had abandoned himself to the word of God, to the Holy Spirit, and to the life of prayer. But I'm telling you, I have prayed and I know a thing or two about prayer. You cannot pray if you are still double-minded. If you are still, uh, you, you got one foot in Egypt and one foot in the kingdom. You cannot pray. Because both worlds are pulling. The Holy Spirit is pulling and the world is pulling. Amen. So God wants us to be mighty. Not only in prayer, but what prayer can do through us. So dear friend that is watching, I want to challenge you. Will you yield yourself to God today? Maybe you're watching and you don't know him as your Lord and as your Savior. I have good news. Jesus Christ died on the cross to save you. He wants you. He desires you. He wants a relationship with you. He's not condemning you. But he's opened his arms to you. So today is knocking on your door. If you open your heart, Jesus will come into your heart and transform everything about you if you only surrender and trust Him. Will you yield to Him today? So Heavenly Father, I want to pray for my dear friend that is watching. I pray for a miracle of salvation to take place. That one that is on the fence, that they will break and yield to your will. That you love them and you desire to transform them and to bring him into the communion of your Holy Son. And even that dear believer that is watching right now on the fence, you've had the message. I pray right now for a decision for the Spirit of God to awaken you to absolute surrender to God today. 
Just simply, Father, I surrender my mind, my heart, my will, and my body to you. Do with me just what you please. And he's going to take it from there. May God bless you. To watch on our website, receive prayer, to give, or to request a copy of Andrew's book, Working the Works of God, please visit us online at www.kingdomimpactministry.org or write to Kingdom Impact Ministry, P.O. Box 2073, Montrose, Colorado, 81402. This broadcast is a presentation of Kingdom Impact Ministry and is made possible by the grace of God, faithful prayers, and gifts from partners and viewers like you.